quite a few music players here. Hello and welcome to this episode of uh, the Mr. Babble podcast. We're in lockdown, not being in the studio, and that's why you hear our lovely voices back at you from the joys of Zoom. Hello. <laughs> we're Hello. Here. Yeah, we're here. We're here. I'm Archibald Elliott. I'm Sam Rowe. I'm Brisha Shaw. Yep. I'll leave an audio <laughs> so we can, we can actually appreciate how much better it's in person rather than being over Zoom. The Zoom etiquette mm. always gets me. It's out of beat. You're not sure if the other person going to speak because the other person going to speak. Who should speak first? You go, you go, you go. And it just goes down in circles. So yeah. what, what, has, what has happened to Thomas? We haven't been on air, we haven't seen us for about monthly, three, four weeks. Yeah. The studio has been closed. McVeigh has gone to essential service only. Um, yeah. Mm. Unfortunately, Politibabble isn't essential. I, I don't know who came up with that. It's been interesting few weeks. Politics-wise, I suppose on the island, it's been a bit quiet. We're focusing on our COVID response. Uh, in, in the world, we've got a, a joy of uh, news items lined up for you today. Uh, just yeah. remember, I do hold all the authority here. Um, yeah, well, that's, Archie keeps saying that. I don't know why, but obviously, so much has happened, and we've been off yeah. so long. Yeah, we won't be able to cover things, but we've chosen things that we think uh, are important and things that we'll be able to discuss. In a, yeah, in a this is a meeting manner. convened by two councillors. If mm-hmm. you get the Jackie Weaver reference there, and if you don't, uh, I'm not sure where you've been for the past. Archie has found one meme and he's just going with it. I have, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be on this meme for a year. Brucia. Hey guys, yeah. I understand. That's, that's way too soon. That's way too soon, Brucia. Way too soon. Uh, so what, what have you all been getting up to in lockdown, Brucia? What, what, have, you been, what have you been doing? Um, well, I'm a key worker, so I've been working. Uh, I wasn't working here? at the weekend, though, because uh, my brother... Um, was eating his lunch on Friday and decided to tell me that he couldn't taste anything. So, uh, you know, Ooh. we had to phone 111 and uh, lovely, okay. lovely people down there, uh, really helpful. So then he had to get a test. Uh, fortunately, you know, negative results. But uh, yeah, we were locked in for for the weekend. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's, that's, good. that's more, scary, more, but good. more self-isolation than I've done, definitely. I've never had to self-isolate. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, was, it was great. We were trying to test uh, if he couldn't actually taste anything or if he had just, like, used a different toothpaste that it had reacted with his mouth. Weirdly, so we, uh, we were giving him strong food to eat and uh, he drank a whole cup of undiluted cordial. And like Ew. didn't flinch, and then we were like, "Hmm, maybe we should phone one one one." What is wrong with your brother? Like, what has caused this? He, on like Sunday night, he was like, "I can, I can taste again now." So I don't know what, why, like, what was wrong with him? Whether he had like an infection or like I don't know, but it's not COVID, so that's so all good. you're all good. Okay, yeah. Well, how's yours been? How's yours been, Sam? Mine, mine hasn't been nearly as exciting. Um, just keep, keeping up with, or trying to keep up with online school, um, watching a lot of TV, reading a lot of books, being 
generally boring. But I have gotten out like every day, so that's good. Like on walks and stuff. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Mm-hmm. What about you, Archie? What about you, Arch? Well, I did. I managed to last week finish the writing of my EPQ. I did three sessions over the week of just intense writing. It's so easy to get it done in one block. Uh, I must say, referencing is must be the most enjoyable part of the EPQ. It's so satisfying to like put uh, Yasuf and Mendeley. Uh, 20, 20, uh, 11 in. So that is satisfying. And it automatically puts in the bibliography. It's brilliant. Uh, but this week I've been doing all the cooking, which has been quite good fun. Um, oh, yes, uh, I've seen. It takes a lot of work, I must say. Uh, yeah, a lot of work. Yeah. Got to get it does look quite handled. tasty. I'll give that to you, Archie. Oh, mm. thank you. Yeah, it takes. It's it's really surprising how much work food does take to make. And if I, you know, all politicians out there who make their own food, you know, they're doing four jobs in one easily because politicians, they take many hours of their days to do politics. That's my link to politics right there. Uh, A very vague one, if that. Yeah, I feel like this is just Archie defending, like, because I don't know if you guys have seen that video of Boris Johnson and they ask, Prime Minister, when was the last time you cooked for yourself? Oh, "Oh, yeah. yeah. I cooked uh, steak and chips, and then he gives yeah. a thumbs up and runs away. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so that, 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 oh, and his beautiful shampoo, which, he, which is the same cleaning product he uses for absolutely everything. So he cleans his floor, he cleans his car, he cleans his hair, he cleans mm-hmm. dishes, all with that one cleaning product. I'm sure he cleans his conscience with it too, you know? Yeah. yeah. What conscience clean, Sam? What True, he doesn't have one. You're right. There we are. My mistake. Spot on, spot on. But we've we've been in quite an interesting situation here on Ireland because as the UK was on their glimpse of coming out into lockdown with the roadmap strategy, we have put right back in. Wait, we were put in really interestingly on the Saturday for international viewers. uh, If you're here in Ireland, you obviously already know the the battle which has happened. Uh, We put it on Saturday with not. Afternoon, we're told, oh, guys, you can't go out tonight. Remain in. Don't meet up with family or friends. Central, just, just don't try to travel. We're not making it legally enforceable. Highly recommending it because we've seen two unexplained cases. Mm. Sunday, mm, let's just open right back up All to back normal. School. <laughs> They've not tested. Go back into school. Everything's fine. Monday night, oh, we spotted some more unexplained cases. Right, we're going to yeah. be locking down from when? Uh, so nothing. Then nothing actually Monday night. No announcement, nothing. And then it was like Tuesday afternoon, wasn't it? No, Tuesday yeah, morning, because I remember I had the yeah, morning yeah. off. Because there was 11, and, uh, uh, 11 o'clock at night announcements on the Monday that Alcon, one of the schools was closed because of COVID cases. And we were thinking, 11.40 at night, you set parents to rain. No, nothing next day. It was pretty yeah, shocking. Was, now we're, now we're just in lockdown. So we're answering. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the two the two interesting like statistics of that is that I think we're past because initially when COVID first kind of arrived, there was they kind of published a graph of what they thought was the best case scenario, what they expected, and what was the worst case scenario. Yeah. And I think we've surpassed worst case scenario in terms of number of cases. And the biggest demographic We did it, guys. We aced it. And <laughs> I think for ages, I don't yeah. know if it's still true, I'd have to double check. The biggest demographic of people with COVID was amazingly it's, people of a school age. 
Yeah. Who could have Maybe guessed? it's because uh, we were in school on Monday and Tuesday, mm. and then we were told mm. we, we were kept in school until about 3 20. Uh, we were told to stay in school. Um, I think pretty much everyone, however, uh, we were told we could leave, but it was recommended that we stayed in, weren't we, Sam? Yeah. And, but I left because I was like, <laughs> bye. Yeah. No more school for me. Funnily uh, enough, I don't want COVID, so I'm going to go home. Yeah. Bye, King. And it was while they were sending us into school, at the same time, they decided it wasn't safe enough for I think it was the cabinet to meet in person. They had to do it over. Yeah. Over Zoom. That's the thing that annoyed me. Yeah. Because I get like older people are high risk, but younger people transmit it easier. If that makes is sense. It, is, so is even the keys, like which went into online. Yeah. So if doing... you think about how many um, MHKs have children that were going into school anyway, so ugh, just. Ugh. Yeah, so they were like gonna get it anyway. That's my point. Anyway, Archie, carry on. Well, the the the, re- the reason Keys went into uh, virtual proceedings because Drew Watson decided what the government's doing is not right. He decides he dictates where the keys sit, like online uh, virtual. So he's but it, what it showed what was what it demonstrated it was at the level of government. Yeah. at the level of government, people were aware yeah. that um, we should be in lockdown and we weren't. And it also, I think. Because uh, the, the cabinet voted on whether or not to go into lockdown, but and only one member voted uh, against going into lockdown. All the others mm. did, but it was the oh, treasury man. What's his name? Alf Cannon. Alf Cannon. Yeah, yeah. It was Alf Cannon who voted against it. Which he's the treasury minister, so I guess going into lockdown would be bad for the treasury. But it's mm. still, it's a bit shocking that Howard Quayle was like, mm, yes, one vote. That's enough. Let's That's know. a no from me. If he voted, would he have voted in that? Uh, Howard Quayle. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's probably, yeah. It's, yeah. So he would have voted yes if only Alf yeah. Cannon voted no. And he was like, oh, well, you know, Alf says no. So. <sighs> well, he yeah. gets the final say. Interestingly, I, I'm usually, as, as you know, all about, again, stuff at the hindsight thinking where you look at the government and say, well, actually, they didn't know what they had. But you took in the UK cases, they act usually as soon as possible here we acted we saw there's no extreme cases we took it no we didn't take a very cautious approach this is on saturday we took a non-legally man- enforceable approach they were just open back straight up to normal it was kind of you could all the data was showing actually there's unexplained cases since the steam packet cluster started we've had dr rachel duffer who's uh, one of the brilliant geneticists and she, she was saying from the beginning actually no we need to be testing lots of uh, saying no, we, we should be going to got some sort of restrictions to stop any any sort of potential spreading, but the government just didn't listen. It was almost if the science was from one person, it wasn't. It, it's not like the UK yeah. where they have a big advisory body, Sage. Here, it's just the public health department. It's a bit. Mm. I will also say, just for context, that the UK has as well, because I think we have to be fair with doing this. Yeah. The UK has on multiple occasions ignored the advice of scientists and SAGE. Um, and they've also ignored patterns and trends that they have seen happening um, similar environments across Europe. And we should Asia. just listen so to science. I, yeah. I agree that we should listen to science. Uh, and it's a shame that uh, the UK government didn't do that. You know, mm-hmm. they only... 
you know, how, I mean, how many people have died in the UK now? Well over 100,000, you know. It's, oh, at least. So it's, you know. It, it is what it is. Yeah, it's, there's no but escaping the schools are that. all open up now, which is. Yeah. Which is fine. I think Boris has said no to COVID, so it'll stop. But there's no escaping the fact that um, the UK government has been just so cripplingly incompetent in tackling Apart from the vaccine COVID. rollout, the vaccine rollout has done well. The vaccine rollout has gone very well, and I, I do agree with that. But the issue is that's come after over 100,000 people have died. It's so a, it's, a it's sort of grace, like... People remember it, well, that. It's, it's not saving. It is a grace. It is a good thing, but it doesn't undo the deaths. You know, the vaccine is good, not, but no. it's not that good. And it's so well, it's it, kind of hard to escape that the government has a lot of blood on its hands. It's yeah. interesting, yeah. Boris's uh, popularity figures among the public have actually been the highest they've been since the start of his office. It's been quite interesting. I agree. It's because, it it's because yeah. for some reason, the, you know, quote unquote leader of the opposition has decided he shouldn't oppose, you know? Well, he's just, I, I've always felt that the same way. You, know, you can listen to like my past as a kid. He's just a bit. He's not. He's not. He's not. I, I wouldn't. He's a good. You know. I think he has morals. You know, to some degree, and he's conscientious in, in that regard. <laughs> to but he's some not, degree. He's, he's not a. He's not a. All politicians have. They don't have complete set of morals. Ninety-nine percent of them. Um, but he's not a leader. I feel that's why. That's why you know. I, I honestly just, he, he does inspire and lead. I, I uh, totally agree with you. He's actually he's polling worse. Um, I think he's sixteen points behind now. Yeah, yeah. He's sixteen like points behind. He's polling Depending worse. Which one you look at? Than than Jeremy Corbyn kind of ever did, and as well, I think it was Keir Starmer and a group of other about um, fifty of you know Labour's of New Labour right wing section who resigned because Jeremy Corbyn was even with the Conservative Party. Yeah. And now that they're 16 points behind, they are, you know, they're saying that if people kind of, they're saying that people shouldn't abandon the Labour Party, which seems really hypocritical because they're literally doing worse than Jeremy Corbyn was doing when they yeah. left. Hmm. Do you think they should bring Corbyn back, Sam, or just kick I don't think I don't think they should have him lead as, as the party at all, but I think they should have him in... In the party, I think they should give him mm. his whip back. Mm. Or did they, have they sort of given his whip back? I know he's admitted back into the member of the Labour Party. Oh, I don't. He's a member, but he doesn't have his whip. Was, so luckily, we have the choice of Google here. So. Yeah, it was. It really, for me, it peaked when they expelled the longest-serving Jewish member of Labour for anti-Semitism. That was. That was when. I was really like, okay, they're just, they're using this now. Like it's... No, he won't, yeah, he's not, I think Keir said he won't have the whip restored. No, yeah. Mm. It, it, it's, it's just something else. But, you know, and, and I think the main reason, like regardless of whether you like Keir Starmer or not, the main reason they should give Corbyn his whip back is as long as they kind of try and limit, expel, contain the key left-wing members of Labour, it will never be united. If they keep trying to like, yeah, well, that's I'm sure the conservatives must be delighted, but I, 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 yeah. 
heading it's to a shame be for the Labour Party. in the next election. It's a shame for the Labour Party. They've, 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 it's a shame for the Labour Party because they've almost alienated a large chunk of their membership. It's, it's yeah, all, the far left of it is just the I mean, momentum, for example. That that's kind of that was the group which really backed Corbyn. They've mm-hmm. they've been alienated yeah. by Keir Starmer because he's removed the whip, which is it's really hard on their electoral chances. But you know, I'm I'm not necessarily complaining, so because no, yeah, I'm sure the government is, it does the best of the country. Uh, but equally for our political diversity, yes, diversity, been very it, proven it, it, recently, hasn't just been doing a great it, job. It, 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 it either it either leads the way for a third party to come in on the very far left. So you have more far left, a left wing, a central left, and a centre right, mm-hmm. and you already have more what you call a right wing party as in UKIP. The Reform Party UK, they're more right wing. Uh, it does open the way for it. It, it, it does uh, open a way for a left wing party. But it just divides our politics even more. We need almost polarised politics. It's the problem we see with lots of kind of European politics, where it's very you have to have so many coalitions and it's so dependent on agreeing on policy, nothing really gets done. But give it to Boris. He if he has a bill, we'll, we'll go on to this scenario news he gets it it does get passed because the people Mm. have given him the mandate to do so um but would you all right moving there is also the argument sorry to interrupt but there is also the argument that um i i feel particularly with boris johnson in 2019 um he was elected to i hate using this phrase but to get brexit done thank you sam you said it i'm gonna you know, that, but that was why he was elected. That was, yeah. his, that was what people, and so. And in it, fairness to him, you know, credit where credit's due. Brexit done. is done. He was he got it done in like with like a day to spare. I think it was the most. He was it was like <laughs> me was handing in an assignment. assignment. <laughs> yeah, it was like. Are you planning to hand your English assignments in on time, sir? <gasps> no, I'm so good at that. I'm. Boris treating Brexit that. like I treat my uh, essays. <laughs> Yeah, it's and um, yeah. I just I don't I don't think personally that his um, his leadership will hold. Mm. It, mm. Whether or not the Conservative no. Party holds is different, but I don't think Boris Johnson's leadership is going to hold. No, yeah. it all it all depends really so. on the on and how he comes out of COVID and how he recovers the economic circumstances. I think that that kind of defines where he stands. So yeah, I think. I think to a certain extent that will be very important, but it's it's kind of, and Johnson will love this because he loves to pretend he's Churchill. Um, it's very, very similar to, I think, or it will be when we come out of COVID to 1945 in the sense of even if Boris comes out and he's beaten, beaten COVID and Britain is, you know, relatively back to normal, that won't matter because the death toll death toll will still be at the foot of the government. Very similarly to how Winston Churchill came out of the Second World War having won the war, but was absolutely swept out of office by Clement Attlee because people felt that while he was a great speaker and while he had been a good morale boost, um, as a prime minister, he'd actually failed and that they didn't think for the future of Britain, he was the right direction. But so I think I'd, I'd argue, at least, at least in the 1945 election, Labour had, the opposition had a competent leader in Attlee. It wasn't such, mm. or as it, Attlee was polling better right. on domestic policy, which is obviously 
after war, what do you need to do? You don't, you already have the foreign alliance because you've won the war with someone. It creates, creates that bond. But you need to work on domestic policy. And unfortunately, I feel neglected that almost. And Atlee wants mm-hmm. to bring in a sweeping large form of domestic reforms, which ultimately have shaped our country. But he, he had the ability to still very critically analyze and he was polling very well. Uh, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see, I think, yeah. Will Boris call a snap election? Most unlikely not. We'll be seeing it hopefully. I don't, I think, I don't think he'll risk his um, majority. A 90, There's no way he's going Majority, gonna... no way. It, it's almost, why would you yeah. need, why do you screw an election? Point? You, don't, you don't need to increase anymore. <laughs> so I think yeah. it'll be interesting the, in 2024. The only reason I think, yeah. The, the only reason I think he'd do that is if there was such a severe threat to his leadership of the Conservative Party that he felt yes. he needed to demonstrate mm he could do better but that would have to be that would have to it would have to look like he was going to lose a, a leadership contest mm, yeah uh but we had an idea floated this week by our very own brisha brisha would you would you like to describe your idea sam's shaking his head now but you know we're gonna hear out why i think is a pretty good idea whether it'll work with our with your intention who knows but what what was that idea brisha um, my idea is Politababble Bake Off, Polita Bake Off, if you will. Um, I think we should all bake a cake. Um, uh, what what was Archie? Okay. Oh yeah, Archie. I'm thinking. Uh, no, it's like so. The first round, we all bake a fairy cake because who messes up a fairy cake? And then the second round, we You'll go into like the signature, the signature bake. Which is yep. uh, Archie's is going to be an eaten mess. Should we do? Should we do the fairy cake as technical round? You do the signature cake before we choose the signature cake. Eaten mess isn't really a cake. Yeah. I'd argue. We choose the signature cake and then do the fairy fairy cake round. No, but... I don't know What's Archie. I don't really watch What's the last that much. What's the last round? There's only two rounds, isn't there? Oh, you only do two rounds. There's three rounds usually. There's a showstopper one. Oh. The yeah. showstopper, um, that can be where we have to do a cake and on the cake is our favourite politician. That, that's really <laughs> testing our writing skills, Bruce, and our artistry <laughs> skills. Come on. Yeah, yeah, oh. that's why it's called the showstopper. <laughs> well, you know, we can think about this idea some more and um, we'll hopefully get... Tweet, tweet us uh, tweet, your tweet opinions. Us, let us know if you like it. Uh, and we'll hopefully get back to the proposal for our bake-off, you know? Could, could, be, yeah, could yeah. be interesting, could be interesting. Um, yeah. Sam's shaking his head now, yeah. But we do now come Sam, into I our... think you'd be really good at it. You just don't want to show off your... You, seem to, you seem to think that my reason for not wanting to do it is I'm like, oh, I can't bake cakes. What am I going to do? It is no. Look, we'll see what I happens. Cook, let's I see how many. Food. Let's see yeah. how many people are write in and are like, guys, you should do it. Yeah, Brucia, if we get more <laughs> than one, demand. go ahead. Let's go ahead if it's more than one, Brucia. Okay, okay. But more than, so more than three, sorry. My more brother and uh, my mom. More than three. <laughs> more than three. Ten people. I'll ten, do it. Ten. Okay. Ten. We've agreed on ten. I, I, yeah. I it doesn't count if you guys members. message your friends to write in. If ten people yeah. of their own accord. I'll like do yeah. this. I'll yeah. do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that, okay, that, okay. I'm, be- I'm better at cooking food rather than baking, so so don't be sure I won't be uh, bribing anyone. 
Um, cool. But we do come into our favourite part of what we do two sections, our newscast, but as it's COVID special, we've uh, amalgamated it all into one. Hopefully our Zoom call lasts out. Uh, <laughs> we have to start a second Zoom call, which is always a bit of a complicated, convoluted route of recording. It's always mm-hmm. technology, honestly. We can do this remotely. It's how we started, didn't we? So we would like to, I think, firstly mention that on uh, a certain interview broadcast in the US on the day before it was broadcast on the UK. Don't get that reference. Yet, we don't need to know. We're reserving comments on that to a future, to the future, you know, where maybe, maybe we're back in studio and can uh, battle us out in person. Would be interesting. But we do come yes. on to our, our first topic of policing crime bills 2021, which has been introduced by Priti Patel, passed its second reading with a I think a 91 majority from the Conservatives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys start think? off by stating our views. Archie, as our token Conservative, do you want to go first? No, no, so I've spoken enough so far, Sam. You go first. So we'll start from... All right. Um, yeah. So I, perhaps unsurprisingly, do not like this bill. I think it demonstrates a willingness of the government to... Um, levy laws against people's right to protest. I think it shows a disturbing um, step back in British uh, civil rights. I think, as I think Archie agrees, it's weirdly vague and Mm. operates in a sort of nebulous area that suggests it could be used, and I know it would be more difficult to actually charge and sentence people because of this, but it could be used in in a wider variety of situations to justify the breaking up of um, protests that, uh, with people who I believe have a right to protest. I think recent events in the UK have demonstrated that maybe police power needs to be limited, not expanded. I think yeah. we've already seen instances of, and I'm sure um, we'll talk about this more, of police using unnecessary force and in some against some protests and then not with others. And I think uh, the idea that now is the time to be expanding that sort of authoritarian uh, power yeah. is, I think that's a ridiculous, a ridiculous idea. I think it's a waste of, of government time. And I think it's a, a dangerous slide towards something that could potentially be a little bit darker, but it isn't. Yeah. yeah I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, shockingly, neither am I. I don't, th- I think the police system here you know in the uk and like in america is very corrupt um obviously you know not all police systems are corrupt but i think the large majority is and instead of giving them more power maybe we should think about um how would i word this re um training and like redesigning the structure and stuff like that so yeah that's that's my two cents. Fair enough, Archie. Do you want to have a, <laughs> do you want to have your say? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I, I'd say I don't think all of the bill is bad. I think what, what one of the quickest problems from what you've kind of said is you disagree with the process part because there's there's quite a lot of other parts of the bill which are pretty good, like changing sentences so serious criminals spend more time in jail before they can be put on probation or maximum sentences for low-level assaults against emergency services workers, which are doubled to two years, 
or on terrorism, where it creates more powers to monitor the terror terrorists, applied defending terrorists who are released from prison, to make sure that they are rehabilitating and not they're not planning to commit more acts. Um, so there are there are some good parts of the bill. Obviously, I think as I agree with Sam in the part, the protest part, it is pretty vague. Um, it, it just I, th I think it solidifies more police powers. So I, I, I'm reading there's a, there's a BBC article on it, which I I, I, I can quote from now. Apparently, the bill changes powers by putting more conditions on static protests. So I think that's protests which stay still. They'll be able to impose a start finish time, set noise limits, and apply to demonstrations even just by one person. And they could be fined up to £2,500 if they break kind of the restrictions that police follow. Uh, and they also include an offence of intentionally or recklessly causing a public nuisance. I think that's the part where you're pretty much in disagreement on, um, mm. which is designed to stop people occupying public spaces, hanging off bridges, doing salted windows, employing other... I mean, it, it defines it as, I think, it uses the word annoying, which is another big, in, big yeah, issue. Intentionally or recklessly causing a public nuisance, which is a, a, a similar of annoying. That, that, that's just that's a quote, quote here. Um, mm. But, you know, I would agree some some tactics I'm not going to agree with. I, I, can, I can agree with a protest where you stand in a public space, you make some noise, you draw attention to your cause. That's a good protest. It's exercising your democratic rights. But then you come into non-violent protest areas, which people feel is targeting, which is maybe uh, gluing themselves to windows or blocking the doors of a bank or blocking the doors of a shop to stop anyone getting in. That then disrupts the other person's right to have kind of their own free choice of what they want to do. Again, I think it's not... It should be explicit in the writing of the bill. From what I read of the bill, it hasn't been explicit. If I'm wrong, please write in, correct me on that. I'm not a legal expert in legislative law. Uh, but if it said explicitly, well, we want to stop people hanging off bridges is an offence, uh, gluing yourself to a window is an offence, etc., etc., etc. And this bill can be amended by secondary legislation. I'd agree with that because it's a very clear cut what you can and can't do rather than just being ambiguous. Um, I'm, I, I think I, I don't like ambiguity. For, for example, if the UK government did, as it is often want to do, uh, did something that was, you know, morally wrong, that even, and it's not even necessarily uh, a political divide that would define this, like say it intervened in a foreign conflict and people wanted to protest it. I think yeah. you have a massive issue there because tactics like that um, would, would typically be used, but now you have the government, which those people are protesting, has the power to say, um, oh no, actually this is, we're gonna limit you to this. Oh no, actually, oh, you carried on? Oh, well, we can, we can arrest you. And I also just realized, uh, cause I'm just reading this thing. Uh, the bill has basically led to, there are now harsher penalties in the UK for damaging and destroying a statue than there are for attacking and there are actual human women. sexual harassment. Yes. But, yeah. So, so I think it's, it's also clear to mention that it's not on the it, obviously there, there's disparity there between the maximum it's a maximum sentence of 10 years. It doesn't mean every single case where you damage a statue is 10 years. Most likely it will be nowhere near there because you can't really justify sending someone away for 10 years. It's more but it, again but the point if is, legally 
feasible for for that and I, and I and surely that surely your reaction to that shouldn't be oh but technically actually in most it's situations the maximum. That. like your reaction should be even even though you're conservative surely your reaction just as a human being should be oh my god that's awful why why are we why are we punishing people more harshly or have the potential to punish people more harshly for damaging an inanimate object than we are for assaulting a living human being because assaulting a living human being can uh, is maximum of life or it's a pen mm-hmm. range between like four and 19 years in custody i think it's more the, the status rule there because you, pe- you could be jailed for four years or you could be jailed right, up to 19 it's, it's, it's again in, in england and wales particularly but across the uk there is a huge problem with under sentencing or lower sentences for people who do assault women so i know there have been i don't have the exact number but there have been plenty of cases in england for example uh where a woman has been assaulted it has gone to court and the the man has only gone to prison for you know seven years eight years and so you have the potential there as well imagine that imagine finding out that your you know assailant went to prison for a shorter time than someone who threw a brick at a statue. I, 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 I can, see your, you can see your point, and in theoretical terms, yes, that could happen. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> I, I can agree with you. It, should, it shouldn't happen, because that is ultimately... There's, there's huge disparities. Obviously, human beings are very different to assaulting a stone or bronze or metal figure. Uh, again, equally, if someone was... If someone, let's say... Someone did try to do this in Central Path in London, which is uh, really, you shouldn't even touch them at all. It's, it's extremely wrong to do that. Someone tried to burn the flag there. Or if that's if someone tried to topple that or uh, blow it up, that's then should, that should burn over with terrorism. That would be I'm, I'm, I'm curious, do you think it someone a, burning the flag should be... Um, in front of a war memorial, Sam, yes, I would say that, that, that's Why? punishable. Why does it, it matter it's a great it's, it's a great disrespect to the millions of lives lost. But it's not, it's not disrespectful, but what if it was done, who, what, you think someone, if they go and they're like, I'm protesting the British government and they, <laughs> and they burn a flag near a war memorial, that's well, not uh, disrespecting uh, the millions. Well, In fact, give it, give I think you would note that, that we, after World War II and World War I, there was a massive rise in people who would, um, who would protest the government directly. And most of them were veterans. You see it in America as well. The, one of the biggest sort of anti-government protests in American history was led by veterans. So the notion that protesting near those sites and protesting that, it's, I would actually argue it's the opposite. It is we're, celebrating we're the sacrifice call, so... made by those people. And we're out of time there, unfortunately. So now we hop on to our second call. Uh, so enjoy this music whilst you wait. So we could have some music playing there. That's now leaky. It's the second section. Unfortunately, Sam has cut off, but we will now move on. To... He had a final He's word. Silencing I must say, me. He, got, he got the final word. Uh, got silencing me. But interestingly, next week, we've got the Israeli general election. I know, I think, is Netanyahu's still in power, isn't he? Uh, but it should be quite an interesting yes, ele- election to look out for. So we'll definitely uh, commenting on that in the future. It's been quite, he's been in power for... Is it, is, He's three terms already. I'm not sure. So he's been yeah. in power for quite a while. Uh, only Israeli Prime Minister actually remember. It's been most of my life. 
uh, he's been in power. Not that he's not my sort of my joy of interest up to power in Africa, uh, rather than the midfield, which would be interesting. But Angela Merkel, you want to talk about the German election, Sam? Oh, yes. So recently, because the way Germany's government works is it's a federal government, so the states have separate elections to uh, the federal government. And recently in the provinces of, or the, you know, the states of mm-hmm. Baden-Württemberg and Rhineland-Palatinate? Palatinate. I don't see um, German. Respectively. Than me. Uh, respectively, uh, the central, kind of the centrist Christian Democrat Party, who have, you know, been in power for 16 years now, did really, really poorly. They did worse than they were expecting to. And they expected to kind of lose some ground anyway. Um, in you know, in one of in one of the states, the Greens won, and in one of the states, the Social Democrats mm. won. So we're seeing kind of universal push from the left into a position of more prominence. Um, yeah, and it's just interesting because for Germany, the Christian Democrats have been the defining party for 16 years now. But with Angela Merkel stepping down and the handling of the coronavirus being a bit poor. Uh, it's looking like they're going to do quite poorly in this election, which, and Germany being a very important country globally, and particularly for Europe, Europe tend, a lot of Europe anyway, tends to follow the German example. Uh, it will be interesting because for a while we've seen a kind of resurgent right wing rise mm. in European countries. Uh, so these are, it looks this, like the left's making a comeback. Uh, you said federal election. This is these are state elections, aren't they? The federal ele- election. These are, the, yeah. the yeah. federal election is in a few is in it's, a few months, yeah. but the state yeah, elections yeah. in German politics tend to mirror the yeah, they were, yeah. uh, federal elections. Well, because the, so, the same people voting is, is either way. Uh, same exactly, how like the local elections right, in the UK yeah. mirror the national election. I think it could it could be though because Angela Merkel is obviously no longer leader of Democrats. She's only the, she's the president. She's, well, she's so stepping Chancellor, down so for the Chancellor. next election. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, the leader is currently uh, Armin Lakshret. I can't pronounce his name, last name. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure that was right. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually joint leader currently uh, with Marcus uh, Soda. Soda? I can't pronounce. Sorry, I really apologize to say it German. I butcher German words. Yeah. Um, it's hard to keep track yeah. of because I know several people have already kind of been suggested that um, if the party does do poorly, they're going to make a leadership contest. Which yeah, uh, so yeah, I, it's, I, I, it's I, looking I, like I they could. I personally quite like Angela Merkel. Actually, she's she's been pretty good, stable leader. Apart from a very pro your EU views, but other than that, brilliant leader. I, I'm curious, Archie. Do you think that the EU should exist, or are you sort of like? Like, were you just Britain should get out, or do you think it should be dissolved? It's more relating to our views on kind of the, the, the euro is ultimately the crux of the EU, in, in effect, because the euro mm. is, again, the economics, and the European Central Bank, I think, is an absolute awful, absolutely awful system, because it um, amalgamates the economies of 28 states into one, even though each economy has different economic policy within their own state. France will be doing one thing. It might France might have lower or higher unemployment than Germany, but they don't have the ability to adjust those interest rates to kind of either spur growth on or kind of remove the interest rates to increase the amounts people can borrow. It's all set from the European Bank, and the euro has been time and time again proven to be a broken system. And 
cheese again well, for you and I actually think if you look at Europe. the economic prosperity, generally quality of life has gone up in the EU. And I also think if you look um yes, but that, that, that's just like fun, if you look at the fundamentals of it, what it does is it integrates it, it helps support the world's largest economic market. And it, uh, it helps have... it to function as one cohesive unit. And you... I would also add, crucially, is it goes so far to prevent European conflict for the most part, which is, you know, even even if what you said was true, which to be honest, it isn't. Um, and Sam, 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 please, the, please the do look into Euro. It did. You, you can look at the crisis of Greece. Greece, the Euro crisis there, very... I think Greece is Europe. just a special case. I Wait, think if the Euro is so Europe... bad, then it would happen in multiple countries it and has. not just Greece. It has. it has. Hang on. Are you saying that every Euro, every every EU economy has collapsed? Is that what you're saying, Archie? I've not said that. I, I've said the Euro is a broken currency. It's been time proven again and again okay. to, to not to not work. Okay. And I think it, if it had been it had a... if it had been objectively proven. As opposed to some economists, economists, ugh, economists believe that, then they wouldn't have, you know, they wouldn't keep it. And again, if you don't finish, say, say even, even if, even if the, the euro was broken, which it's not, I would encourage our listeners to go do your own research. Um, even if that was true, it prevents European conflict. Yeah. Europe has seen the Euro, the a year of peace that in all human history Not the Euro, has never but been seen. The EU. The EU. And also having integrated markets that can function together as an inter as like a, as a cohesive yeah. unit is massively important for Europe. And and I think if you look at the popularity of the Euro, it's actually massively popular across Europe. There are for some EU nations on the fringes, um, Poland, for example, that have started to drift towards anti sentiment. Uh, kind of an anti-euro, uh, anti-EU sentiment, but generally it's it's massively popular. So I think if what you were saying was true, fundamentally, if the EU was a broken currency to its core, that just wouldn't be the case. You know, as uh, easy so, 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 so. as easy an answer as that is, it just doesn't match up with the reality of the, the situation in Europe. But can I, can I, can I think we can go on. It's not just coming from me. Please take it. Take it from a. Uh, quite a noble, a noble prize winning economist. Uh, just, uh, is it just? You've oh, got a Nobel Prize, Archie. No, I, Good I have. Good on you, jo Archie. Jo jo Joseph Stiglitz, uh, 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 who's a professor at Columbia, um, he has, has, has stated again in another book. It's, this is actually a, guard, a Guardian article, which is you think would be more Euro leaning. With the problem with Europe is. The euro it's, it's kind of if the euro isn't resourced if it isn't restructured and it continues as it is euro will europe will be condemned to kind of this broken economic system if, if you had europe and europe was essentially i'm not saying and again all the governments stress, i'm not saying the euro doesn't have a problem it's broken though the euro is a, is a broken system unless you have a central european well i mean here we have wait, all aspects this from uh here we have here from cavaco uh, silva uh, integration is the most important asset Europe has, and the key component in European integration is and always will be the euro. So, you know, we can, if you want, and I've got a page of pro EU, a pro EU, pro uh, euro okay, quotes okay. from economists. So we could just we're list quotes from each other. Can we just listen to the German, the, the German uh, economy, 
sorry, the German uh, guy who founded the euro, even he has called it a catastrophic currency. That, that'll be my, my last uh, statement on that. Okay, well, I would encourage, and I think I'll listen Please to do your reading. research and properly look into it. If, and I would also suggest that, Archie, you be slightly careful, because what you seem to be suggesting is that the largest market in the world, economically the most powerful sector, is an economic disaster. Not the market, the currency. The currency is different to the market. But they are... In, they're it's a powerhouse because okay. of the industry, not, not the, current, the currency... That's why Britain never but if the, the currency world. flopped, the industry wouldn't be able to prove Guys, why don't we just print more money? It'll be fine. Print more money, it'll be fine. I think British is right. Okay. Let's let's wrap it up there, I think. Yes. Do your own research. There we are, yes. That's the outcome of today. Do your own research. And we'll play some nice outro okay. theme here in post. You've been politically.